Before we start the episode, I just wanted to say Brandon has now said that Skyward 3 will not be called Nowhere. The publisher hasn't announced the actual title yet, but when that comes out, I'll edit the title of the video with it. Also, we didn't realize when we recorded that Peter in December said the book won't actually have dual viewpoints because we actually will have the Skyward novellas, those audio novellas instead. So you can just disregard us blabbing about that, but hope you still enjoy the episode. Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weary Rider. Also joining us is Shannon. Hi, everybody. I'm Gray. And lastly, uh, at an interesting angle, is Jesse. Hello, I'm Lady Lameness, and I'm taking over Argent's segment of uh, doing show and tell. Uh, also, Eric said I could Would. do this like two weeks ago. That's so, true. I totally anyways, forgot I that, though. Of... <laughs> I totally forgot that. Uh, so I started crocheting in December and I really like it and wanted to show off uh, my projects. And I made this little pink llama <laughs> because my friend is really into llamas and alpacas and she's going through a hard time at the moment. So I made her this for putting together a care package and I'm giving it to her tonight. Sorry, so. you started in December. We're recording yeah. February. February. You yes. got this good in two months. She's been crocheting a lot. Yeah. I've done a lot of crochet. <laughs> I did enough crochet that I had to kind of stop doing it as frequently because it was causing me like physical pain. <laughs> That's true. That, that, this is entirely a legit story. The, the craft community will definitely welcome you. I think that's a common problem. Ah, this is awesome. I've started putting things into arting, but... Yeah. I yeah. vote that oh, we replace all of Argent's. We replace all of Argent's show and tell with Jess. Yeah. From now until forever. You say that as if I'm not going to do this every time I'm on the podcast and show something else off. Just every time Argent's about to start, just like cut away just to like a little just clip. Like, we'll, we'll pre-record the frame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll pre-record other segments and just edit that over what yeah, Arjun's exactly. doing. Exactly. <laughs> just like over his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um so Jess is uh has a very interesting setup for Shardcast, but the audio is pretty good, and so I apologize for the uh interesting angle. Uh we've tried a lot of permutations of things. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, we're doing this very deliberately just to show off my amazing bookcase. Yes, yes. It's definitely the reason. It's definitely <laughs> the reason. Definitely uh, not that your computer just refused to yeah. work. I'm recording all of this on a phone. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Great. So, well, this podcast is going nowhere already. So <laughs> I'm Chaos. And what we're going to do uh, today is... We are going to talk about predictions for Skyward 3, which tentatively is still titled mm. Nowhere, which is an interesting a choice? choice for it. <laughs> yeah, a it's choice. definitely a choice. <laughs> I uh, don't hate the name. I don't see what the issue is. I mean, I think it's like whenever you try and Google something that has such a generic title, <laughs> it, it makes it really, really difficult. So it's sort of like 
I'm just like, I was raised in the 90s and like, you know, when search databases were just becoming public use and you try and look up things and you always didn't get the thing that you wanted. And I'm just like, stuff like this just flashes me right back to like the 90s of just, oh my God, why would you do this to the, to the poor databases? I'm, I'm (laughs) just excited. I get to make that joke and and run it into the ground. (laughs) Imagine what we'll lose if he chooses. (laughs) If he chooses something else. These reactions are going nowhere. These predictions are going nowhere. Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. I, the I would future of this. to this, but unfortunately, I'm across the sea at the moment and yes. not there to strangle Eric. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, he uh, didn't he didn't tell us he's going to be making these jokes. This is totally new to me. me. <laughs> <laughs> this is new. How, come on. We all knew that this was going to... I knew this was always going to happen. I mean... I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, so, um, we did lots of prep work for this episode. <laughs> uh, Justin, <laughs> but... I, no. I actually read the whole book. Uh, yeah. or, sorry. Star <laughs> I read Sight? all of Starsight. Yeah, I, I read <laughs> some of it yesterday. And I read Starsight when it came out. Yeah, we're doing great. My prep for this episode was glancing at chapter summaries, and then I specifically did sit down and read the epilogue. Yeah, I did. Slash chapter 45, the surprise chapter in Starsight. Um, So, Brandon, uh, when Rhythm of War came out, Brandon sent out a newsletter, and the thing that he, uh, the sample prose that he did was uh, the first chapter of Skyward 3 slash nowhere. And that uh so what 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 happened in that, Jess? So it's the very end of Starsight is the very start of it. So Spencer going through the portal into nowhere with Ember. And then she is there for like a brief second and then comes out in the middle of a jungle and Ember gets uh, very upset with her for what she did and for leaving him behind. And of course, like he's upset with her in the final scene in Southside as well. So it's just kind of a continuation on from that. And then the scene kind of cuts off. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I thought it was thought it was pretty good, but uh, certainly. I would say going out of Starsight, Mbot and what happened to Mbot was, you know, that was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading that, and so yeah. Mbot being really furious with Spencer, I'm like, yeah, you know what? They really do need to deal with that. So that that checks out here. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad that uh, like he is that upset because. That was, at least from his perspective, like a really not great thing for her to do, even if it was justified in her mind of why she did it. It doesn't reduce the feelings of abandonment and like the like the fury of being left behind that I can imagine Mbot had. So I think his a uh, reaction in the sample chapters was actually stronger than at the end. And yeah. I, I think this is largely because uh, he was 
having trouble thinking at the end. He was saying his thoughts were slow. But then as he got closer to the portal, everything started uh, speeding up. And I, f- I got the sense in the sample tractors that he was having those faster thought processes. And by having that, like all the emotions kind of came rushing in, he wasn't in that mind fog anymore that was clouding everything and making it harder to think and feel. It it seemed a bit like after they got into the jungle that uh like he felt the anger but it it still seemed like he was slower but maybe not quite as slow as at the end of Star Sight before they went in through the portal perhaps. Mm-hmm. One thing I liked about the sample chapter and it's kind of illustrative of how Brandon writes series. Like he writes the first book and then he outlines the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah. You can really tell that here where there's a bit of a time jump between the end of Skyward and the beginning of Starsight. But like Starsight to Nowhere picks up immediately. Right. It, it overlaps, yep. which is good. And it's also doing a better job of setting up what this book is going to be like rather than how starsight where it, yeah it wasn't what a lot of people expected it to be that is true which worked for some people and really didn't work for others yep i mean i i don't think you can argue that it's like oh yeah the starsight went in a very different direction than what we thought uh mm-hmm. and like i liked almost all of starsight but you know, you can go look at our Starsight Reactions podcast. I'll put it in the description. But other historically, yeah. I knew other where we were going with Starsight, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Other important thing that the sample chapter chapter does is it clears up the big um one of our big arguments from the end of Starsight, which is that Spencer did not solve the Delver problem, she solved that one Delver, <sighs> which I was saying all along. The Delvers are still lame, though. Wow. So ba- basic, basically, uh, the, the way it is presented in the two seconds that she's in the nowhere, um, she's, like, sensing the Delver, and, like, even though she's, like, projecting herself as to, like, who she is, like, other mm-hmm. Delvers still perceive her as an invader, and even if she's alive, they, like, don't care. Like, I guess, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I reread that last Delver chapter and I'm still, I'm, I'm upset. And I'm like, okay. <clears throat> well, we'll see. Wonder, so good, though. Uh, it does make me wonder whether for the people who weren't necessarily happy with the Delver ending, whether this will make things better or worse for them. Because I can kind of see both reactions. Like on one hand, okay, it was just the one Delver she sold. There's still the overarching threat of the Delvers. There's still this kind of big, bad, mysterious um, alien force that has to be dealt with. But on the other hand, it almost seems a little bit like a cop-out that she just happened to get the one Delver that she was able to deal with that way, even though the other Delvers are still very anti, I was going to say anti-human, anti-universe and life of the universe. Anti-organic? Yeah, Mm -hmm. anti-organic. That's a good way to put it. Although they are against AIs as well, I guess. Oh. 
Fine. <laughs> but I they mean, are not against Delvers. not Delvers. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like I like I like that, but we'll, it remains to be seen if the Delvers will still be scary. It's like, wow, that's that's really nice that the one Delver that she found was persuadable. That's nice. I feel like I... nowhere will be the deciding factor for a lot of people who are already split over that. Like, even if they are the big bad in book four, if people don't like them very much already and don't like them in this book, I think that potentially has the, um, well, that has the potential to spoil book four for people, I think. I I was, like, I liked Starsight a lot. It was, I, I even liked how the Delver thing ended. Um, but I will say there's you can't go back to making delvers like the the chthonic what's like that's the wrong word chthonic means something else the underworld chthonic means like of the dead um you can't go back to making delvers like the lovecraftian horror Mm, right thing anymore you can't go back to making them unknowable um right they're right now they're they've they've been made known um and you know i'm i'm perfectly fine with how how spensa did that like you know that was that was something i'm perfectly fine with but there is a part of me that misses what the delvers used to be in the mines you know like the the fear of the unknown can't can't be can't be taken back and that's just it's a little sad but that's not i just don't think that's the story brandon was telling even though it touched on it and it's like okay well I like those kind of stories a lot. Like I love a little like space horror, like the the unknowable. Yeah. Um, and so I was really excited, but I still like it. But I just uh, I'm a little sad that that's not where the series seems to be going. Yeah, you know yeah. It's like yeah. I don't think the Delvers are the big bad. It's like the supremacy, superiority, superiority. superiority. We did research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't th- I don't think the Delvers are the big bad. The superiority, or at least certain factions of the superiority, are the big bad of the series. It's just the Delvers are this weird thing that are a problem that need to be solved, but it's not the problem to be solved. I could see it going either way of... Um either it being like that and maybe the Delvers um, dealt with to a um, overall conclusion in this book and then the superiority is the big bad in book four. Or I could see it going the other way where this book is actually much more based on the superiority and figuring out what's happening there. And then in book four, it's a story around them all having to pull together and actually be united to defeat the Delvers. I could see it going either way. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one I would prefer, but I guess it depends how Brandon writes things. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay, I'm kind of going into like the big question of like what this book is going to be. Yeah, well, that's the that's um, the question where we're trying to predict what's the book's going to be. I know that some people are like, I know that some people are like, listen, is this going to be Delver Flight School again? No, and I know it's the, not going to be Delver Flight School. Um, that, but that's the joke, right? That's yeah. like that's the that's the phrasing to make it 
funny. That's the phrasing to make a little bit light of it. Um, it's fine. Um, I I don't. I think there there is something to it in the fact that that it's that it is going to be the Spencer show again in terms of it's mo- it's it's going to be her going around to her her adventures probably figuring out i think this is going to be delver centric in a way that the first two weren't for book one was detritus book two was the superiority book three the delvers that makes sense to me um <clears throat> and it's sort of like my instinct at the beginning hearing the negative reactions to the idea of this being this book being like spencer and the delvers was like to try and like defend it but then i was like you know what no it's like that i think that i do agree i do think that's what the book is going to be about mm-hmm. it's just i have to be okay with the fact that some people aren't going to be aren't going to like that which is it was really interesting because I think on one of his uh, Skyward 3 updates, Brandon was saying how originally he was going to try and have, in Starsight, people in Skyward Flight go with Spencer. And apparently book three was always going to be kind of Spencer on her own. And then when he changed book two, because he realized that didn't really make sense, which is fair, honestly, uh, yeah. that... It already kind of stretched plausibility that it worked with Spencer, to be honest. Uh, that it's just, oh, like, wow, we're still not going to see a lot of the the characters previously. And, and mm-hmm. particularly with um, the novellas that he's um, talked about recently and saying that that's going to more follow what's happening on Detritus with Skyward Flight, with Jorgen and their struggles... It makes me wonder whether that's going to be in the book at all. And I know I'm not particularly thrilled by this idea. Uh, and that gonna... was a problem I had with, with Starsight. And I think if they're being removed and put in their own novellas, then yeah, I'm going to like the novellas, but it makes me wonder if I'm actually going to like this book. Yeah. that's that, that was the exact point I was about to bring up. It's sort of that uh, Brennan saying that he's going to be covering the skyward folks in in separate novellas it was like the confirmation to me that it's sort of like yeah. it's going to be more similar to starsight in this sense i i Sounds totally like that. think that's going to be the case i'm fine with it i'm here for spencer i know other readers aren't necessarily only here for her yeah and like i'm i'm with gray on a lot of things uh, <laughs> <laughs> where, where it's like i didn't have an issue in starsight with like Skyward Flight not being around because coming out of Skyward, Spencer, like in my mind, like this has always been Spencer's show and like Skyward Flight was, were just like supporting characters. So when like they weren't in the next book that much, it didn't bother me. So it's like, it's still not going to bother me for nowhere. So it's just interesting, like how people get different expectations from different the same books i think as well because brandon said back when i think it might have been the first update but a a while ago that this one was going to be much more split pov and there was a lot of discussion at the time that it was going to be spencer jorgen and be following both of those plots along at the same time and Hmm. i think people who like the detritus story like i did we're very excited about this because then we would get more from what was happening on both sides of things. 
Whereas that's kind of being killed in my mind. Like, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think it's more, another theory I saw being thrown around was Spencer Ember. And I think that's much more likely now, which will be cool. Like I am interested to be in Ember's head if that's the case, but yeah, it's just not personally the story that I necessarily want to read, but who knows? I might really like it anyway. Mm-hmm. Certainly, like going out of Starsight, the core conflict is kind of Spencer Embot in a way. Like that, that, that betrayal that Embot felt, like mm-hmm. that really, really needs to be dealt with. So that makes sense. Um, I just worry more overall in the Skyward series sense. When are we going to see the star si- the people, the characters from Starsight, if we're going somewhere else? And like, what are those characters and the purpose of all of that going to be? What's the purpose of the Skyward characters going to be? So I'm just. I don't like, think we're cons- going to see a lot of the Starsight characters. Yeah. Like, I think maybe two or three of them, but I think Tuna? the rest of them. It was that book, and that's it. Yeah, I think Kuna, Vapor, Braid. And really I think Kuna, Kuna especially because we know Kuna's going to Detritus. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's more happening there. Yeah. Yeah, but like Heisho is dead. Yeah. And Moriyama just got born. Yeah. So. Like, yeah. Moriyama was great, right? So I'm just like, oh, man, are we going to see them again? Moriyama, no nope. baby, very much don't think so. Yeah, it's just it, it's I'm just interesting. Book four, I'm holding out for book four. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of the things is like um this this sort of like feels like oh man, it's normally when you see this in like in an ensemble show or something, there is there are these arcs sometimes where the main character dips away and like they sure. have like their own period of like learning like a training montage like like when luke skywalker goes to dagobah right. there's still lots of plot going on like there's the there is sort of like a central like political line in like darth vader and the empire are like more connected with leia and han but luke is off doing his kind of his own thing this i always got the impression like this delba trip is like luke's dagobah trip except hmm. except it looks like we're only going to be getting the dagobah yeah. Section. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it's like it's still really important, but it's sort of um. It's I it, it like and then we come back and then put all the other things into context, like swoop in, save the day, and maybe get like with the novellas. I hope that we get like the quote unquote, you know, the the cloud city and the escaping from um the empire the space worm adventure you know this is just you have to sorry all the star star wars references i assume that people here have seen empire strikes back um (laughs) no okay I just named a bunch of the stuff when, where the main character gets here, I, 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 will, I will show her. I, Don't I understood like the start of it where you're like, ah, oh, Luke Skywalker. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. Following along, following along. Sorry, sorry. Nope, okay, no so Luke, yeah. Luke, uh, Luke's over here, Leia and Han are over here, and they the two plots are separate, but they connect at the very end. And yeah. um, in this case, they're going to connect at the very end, but this is, I assume, book four and not going to be touched mm. on in this book. Yeah. Except maybe in like the last quarter or something given what i think is going to happen in this book but 
I have thoughts. I am very excited for whenever that happens because I agree. I very much think it's going to happen, but in book four, but I am very excited yeah. for that happening. Because it's like, I, I thought it was going to happen in book yeah. two, but yeah. then it didn't. So it like almost did, but then it's like, yeah, I'm just going to have my Star Sight crew in the yeah. Battle of Detritus. So that was like, it, <laughs> it felt was like the it should have. Yeah, they just didn't mm. do it. But because I don't think when Spence is away, the other characters are just sitting on their hands. Like we know whatever's, whatever's going on there is still developing. I just, I really don't believe we're going to be seeing it. So whatever's going on with Spence, had better be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on with us, this whole jungle thing. Like I I have a theory. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I think it's older. I think she's, I, I don't know if it's still with, in the nowhere or if she's just kind of been deposited out somewhere else but i think she's on old earth and i think we're gonna get a bunch of stuff about that which i would be very excited that does about sound pretty cool. i wanted to know more about that since oh, it was brought no. up okay if it's earth that means i have to go read defending elysium again um <laughs> yeah i should actually you really don't read that no you- but just like i have to figure out what earth is doing because, like, does I mean, Earth still exist in Defending Elysium? I don't remember. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, because it's set in our s- solar system. Um, yeah. Yeah, because in, in Star Sight, they said Old Earth vanished, right? Yeah. yeah. <gasps> so. Ooh. Yeah. That's a... Okay, yeah. Ooh, so, I'm like, I was I, very interested in that when I'm reading like, Star Sight. I like Sight. So like, I... That does sound interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just... Yeah. concerned but that does sound cool it does sound cool we do want to know that it's the most earth-like place we've been in so far mm-hmm. i detritus is not mm-hmm. like earth at all like it's it's mm-hmm. rocky it's barren and then yeah. star site is uh obviously a um a space, space station, station. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of set up with like lots of greenery and stuff. It, it kind of sounded like a big metropolis area to me, yeah. but it didn't seem like an uh, earthen place. It very much still came across as this is alien. This is a space station. This mm-hmm. isn't a planet. Whereas this is just a jungle and it's like, okay, where do I know where jungles are? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I do think we have to go to Old Earth at some point in yeah. the series, yes. just because like we're humans. Earth is a very big deal to us. Earth yeah. is a very big deal to the humans in this in in world. Like, yeah, it has constant in world references. The well, two are honest, like. And we know, and we know that. Okay, this Jess is going to have to help me out here in case I get this a little <laughs> bit wrong. Um, but the superiority, like, think of humans and the Delvers as being like kind of connected in the same way that they blame humans for. You know, they they, yeah. they kind of like they've brought it on themselves that the Delvers. Um, you know, it's sort of like I, I always thought like I I had that connection made in my mind that the superiority aliens kind of treated them as like being part of the same problem that humans wouldn't weren't doing their part to definitely well i mean they pulled through adelva in the second um human wars to try and use it as a weapon and that's the flashback scene we get at the start of star sight is it turning Mm -hmm. around and destroying um detritus instead 
And it also sounded like they had unintentionally done it before because it's mentioned a couple of times in Starsight that the humans are predispositioned to be cytonics and mm. to have those powers. Mm -hmm. And the more people use cytonics and like use those mm -hmm. powers, the more likely the delvers are to be pulled mm. through. So it did sound like the humans had accidentally done it. And then by doing that, they kind of knew how it worked and then they tried to weaponize it later. So I completely yeah. see why there would be that connection in the superiority's mind because I think that connection is real and does actually exist. Like it's not something that they've just drawn a conclusion to. Yeah. So I was thinking that being the case, it kind of makes earth a perfect place for, for us, the readers and Spencer to learn about more about what the Delvers actually are because the superiority doesn't really have a clue. Um, and also humans history with yes cytonics and yeah. the delvers i think i think that's those are the two kind of big mysteries we were presented at the end of starsight that questions we've been asked but haven't been answered yet um i'm curious i'm excited to know but like going back to like humans being connected to the delvers it does remind me of the story he, brandon um wrote the eyes which yes. like he wrote like the very beginning which is where we get the proto-Delvers. Right, yes. And it's like, most like other alien species don't trust humans because they are the only species that brought the eyes down on them twice. Like most, <laughs> right. most societies learned their lesson the first time. Humans, they did it twice. Sounds accurate. Pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that... It sounds really cool. I'm wondering if we, if this is Old Earth, if we will like mm -hmm. see the phone company. And so for people who haven't read Defending Elysium, basically the premise is that there was a phone company and they basically had a monopoly on cytonic uh, mm -hmm. powers in our solar system. Yeah. Um, they made, they were the ones that made first contact and realized that like, Oh, like if we don't restrict this, like humanity is just going to go to town on the rest of the universe. It's like right. the Elysium that's being defended is the superiority. Yeah, there was the story about how humans, the humans with the powers, were thinking, "I, I have to protect not humans from the world, but we have to protect the world from other humans." Mm -hmm. And then the end of the story is realizing that the alien universe they were trying to protect was not necessarily very moral which is and kind that, of what you get in starside anyway right like yeah. yeah 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 i almost wonder if there's humans on old earth still or whether it's more uh if it is old earth and spencer wanders around and say finds a bunch of ruins and maybe mm -hmm. she finds uh histories stories or is she gonna find civilization and suddenly meet all these humans that presumably act very differently to the defiance yeah. and also just can give her so much information, not just about her people, but about the um, role the humans have played in the past, if they know that, and just mm -hmm. about civilization and culture. 
Yeah, like, and that that would be a very good uh, juxtaposition of the defiant culture with other humans, which was kind of what we got in Starsight with like uh, Spencer versus Braid in a way, like how those the humans differed, right? <laughs> but like, well, it's, we more. Oh, sorry. It's, it is similar to that, but reversed. Right? Because yeah, yeah, Braid yeah. is someone who has like drunk the Kool Aid in what yeah. the superiority are exactly. saying, whereas yeah. like the old Earthers. Can show is like no, like this is what like humanity actually is without yeah. being under threat of being destroyed. Like mm-hmm. they're just normal people. Yeah, I think the that ironic be thing cool. is though that the defiant society actually fits in pretty well with how the world is today and the mm. idea of wars and militaries. Like it's. It never stood out to me as being strange that they are set up this mm-hmm. way. That's and true. it was more when she went to the superiority and it was all peace, prosperity, but the underlying insidious current of people manipulating behind the scenes, that was weird to me because that's very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So it does make me wonder if she does find humans, Will that will they actually be that different? Like maybe not quite mm-hmm. as militant, but will there be much of a difference between the societies? I think there will be similarities, but like the the Tritus was like so focused on is like survival. It's like I think they remark on it in the books that like their society is suffering because of that. Yeah. Whereas it's yeah. like Cubans tend to be pretty warlike in general. <laughs> that can't be denied. But without like an external threat forcing it, forcing those things to be turned up to 11, I think it's, there will be, she'll find it familiar, but also strange. Cause like, it's not the superiority's insidious peacefulness, but it's not Tritus's. More fanaticism. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of like that final line in the in the epilogue. You know, it's sort of like Braid is explaining Winzik's thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like like yeah, yeah. We I believe in the superiority's values, but Winzik knows also knows the value of a little violence. Violence, yeah, that's right. Little violence, and so I'm thinking like, um, I I I kind of like I kind of think this is the case where sometimes villains say things that aren't wrong. Um, yeah, right. Winsick, Winsick is doing a little bit of violence is actually producing the outcome that Winsick wants. Um, he by by using a little bit of violence, he he's he's pointing things in the direction that he thinks they should be directed in. Um, you know, it's one of those cases where it's like, ah, shoot, that's so immoral, but it is working. Shoot. Um, and so it's sort of, I wonder if this is also going to have to be a philosophy that Spencer will have to deal with. Um, you know, it's sort of like just, it, it was something raised at the very end of Starsight, something that she's going to have to chew on. Hmm. Well, she, I, I think she kind of started to reach that point a little bit earlier than that conversation with Braid when she's faced with the decision of trying to kill her. And yeah. like she does make that choice. It doesn't happen, but it's not because of something Spencer does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I very much agree. I think she's going to have to grapple with that a lot more and like whether a little bit of violence is going to 
be what is necessary for what she's trying to achieve. But I think it's going to be wrapped up in that idea that she has tried to kill someone who was a companion and who was a friend in a way. And that I thought was a very big and hard decision for her to actually come to act to come to do. And I don't think she's come to terms with that. And I think it's going to be her having to work through that to see whether she accepts that sometimes violence is necessary, even if it's against the people that you don't want to do violence against. And it makes me very interested to see how it's going to um, progress with her and Braid going against one another because they very much a like braid is very much a foil to Spencer, and uh, was, it will be very interesting to see was that the tangent you were going to go on yeah i was about to go on about spencer and braid because i was gonna say <laughs> there is a part of me like i hope braid is not someone who holds on till book four i kind of hope yeah. that somehow she, she can follow spencer i want them to interact this book i want their philosophies to engage and interact with each mm -hmm. other uh, again i think i think they're their interactions in Starsight were kind of the most crunchy, I want to say, to use one of Alex's phrasings. Like it was, it's really, there. there's something really interesting about what's going on between them. And it's, it's the fact that Braid isn't, it's not that she's a very black and white, this is a very easy answer. Like we can't just say Braid is completely wrong. There's a reason Braid thinks the way she does. Um, I really want to see more of her and I hope she's in this book. I I agree. I think that's, I think she will be. That that's very interesting. I mean, I mean, anyone could go into the freaking Nora portal if they want. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if the portal would spit them out in the same spot. But if anyone can follow them, Braid probably could. But you're totally right. The philosophical clash between Spencer and Braid is like it feels like central series conflict in a sense, right? Like that's that's mm -hmm. really important. It's just reminding me of Kaladin and Moash at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, but because like they are foils, and it's like because Braid, from what I remember, is very much like, oh, like it's not my fault. I'm this way. I'm just a human. Mm. Like not. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Onus on Kaladin. herself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Odium is taking her pain to an extent. <laughs> yeah. It's just like interesting seeing that relationship, also knowing Brandon is doing Kaladin and Moash in Stormlight at the same time. It's like there's definitely connections. Some he, he likes he likes these pairings. Um, my first go to was Dalinar and Teravangian. Yeah, I was just sort of like he loves he loves setting up two people with these are the mm -hmm. philosophy uh, tenets of the of this series and you know obviously your protagonist is the one you hope that will win but your protagonist also has to grow mm. and change um mm. and learn to give a little and like competing philosophies just makes villains interesting and it mm -hmm. makes the conflict very interesting if like ooh, i do kind of see their point a bit even though i think you're wrong mm. it's like i see it a little <laughs> yeah. bit right and it's like oh yeah good makes things feel a lot more if real you, if you can't see the point of what the villain is saying then it's i i think it's just not very good uh yeah. writing you know yeah i don't think spencer thinks of braid as uh as an as an opponent as a as an mm. enemy 
Yeah. You know, I think yeah. I I think Spencer thinks of Braid as someone who could be an ally or friend one day. Um, yeah. And I think she's going to keep trying to change Braid's mm. mind because she did see on several occasions that Braid wasn't as sure of herself and wasn't as believing of what superiority thinks as she was telling Spencer she was, even though she still had drunk the Kool-Aid. Like there was some redemption that I think Spencer can see and is going to keep trying for. Because maybe, because like the whole part of what that ending was that Winsick was going to take control of the superiority. They said Kuna was dead, but Kuna's not going to be dead. Uh, presumably. <laughs> like, that that would be really... I would be very upset if that was the case. But... Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. But, like, I... I, want... I don't believe it at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they said a bunch of lies there, so I don't think we anyone takes that at face value uh, there. But what if, like, seeing Winzik take control and seeing some of the damage that Winzik causes makes Braid to just waver a little bit more and then maybe Spencer can get through to her a little bit. And mm -hmm. like maybe, because it seemed like Winzik still wanted to annihilate the humans on Detritus, right? Like, I don't know how much we're going to see of that here, but that could give Braid like, oh, maybe I'm hesitating a little more than before. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that makes me think of? What does that make you think of? It's another Star Wars thing that's going to go over. Oh, perfect. Head. Perfect. <laughs> Let's just say, like, Spencer is Luke Skywalker, Winzik is the Emperor, and mm -hmm. Braid is Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had, I have a few other thoughts that are perhaps not Old Earth. These are other just oh, random okay. thoughts percolating in my brain. I just that maybe it's not old earth but we have to explore the thread with uh Alanik, right and so it could be redon with the urdale people uh now granted i don't think Alanik woke up right in starsight nope I she has not woken up so uh this her story could be more of like novella story where like mm -hmm. I'm I'm almost wondering if we will get like Jorgen interludes and so we'll touch on them, but like novellas could like be exploring stuff with Alanik that's like it's like in the universe, but maybe doesn't like super matter. And so they could be maybe more tangents than mm -hmm. feeling in the holes, perhaps. But mm -hmm. I mean, I I do want to see uh things with uh the Urdale, uh, and mm -hmm. I do want to see things with the Kitson. And I do want to see stuff about figments. Like, I, I'm really interested in yes. figments. So I don't know if figments are going to be relevant, but <laughs> I want to see vapor. I want to see, like, what is up with figment, figments. But like, I think figments are going to be very relevant. Like, the fact yes. that Embod had figment uh, technology, mm -hmm. and I very much think vapor is coming back um, at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think there is a massive interconnect between whatever's happening with mbot and ais and figments like mm. i think that is all interconnected so i'd be very surprised mm. if figments didn't come back i don't think we're going to see uh, the other ones sorry i yeah. disagree with you on that um can you remind me the were the figments created by the humans or did they just fight with the humans in the second or third war they fought with the humans in the first war i think oh, okay 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 hmm. 
And Mbot, his old yeah. ship had Figment technology? Yes. The okay. spy stuff that um, mm. he used for the drone was Figment technology. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Figments fought in the first war with the humans and the Erdai fought with the humans in the second war. Right. Okay. 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 And the third war was the one where the Defiant fleet was escaping and they and they were the yeah. fragments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. See, it's great. One of us can remind us, and then you as the listener, you can also remember with us. It's all planned. This is definitely not we've us. We've got prepared. something for every listener, the that's people right. who just reread the books and the people who have not. So <laughs> That's that's right. It's, it was all part of our carefully plotted design of this episode. Didn't, definitely didn't forget to leave myself enough time to reread these books. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, maybe starting rereading at 9 p.m. last night was a little optimistic. <laughs> full disclosure didn't even cross my mind (laughs) like oh yeah like start um nowhere predictions cool well your memory is actually good ian generally i mean um so okay so if it's not redone like i I think that could be more of a novella thing but i think we'll, we'll we'll see more of the urdale at some point but if it is old earth then we have some questions right because did old earth cytonics transport the entire planet into the nowhere or something and like would the delvers see that because they don't particularly seem to like people in the nowhere or something right like it's it's kind of funky i think that's maybe possible alternatively a clivity stone is mined in the yeah. So it's like there has to be like some sort of terrestrial matter. Yeah. There has, right. to, be, there has to be physical matter for people to interact with yeah, 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 in the yeah. nowhere. So it's like the like the the nothing space where like cytonics go. Like I don't know if that's the nowhere proper or if that's just mm like the gateway mm. there are stages so, to this like there yeah. are levels of nowhere mm-hmm. i have a couple of thoughts to this um mm-hmm. i wonder whether it's i wonder if it's just the cytonics or cytonic beings in the nowhere that upset the delvers versus minds in general and if it's just a single planet um who are maybe following all the rules of uh don't use wireless communication don't have cytonics don't use cytonic abilities whether the delvers would actually see them um yeah but also i was given the impression that the acclivity stone came from the nowhere portals but was mine just outside of them because the superiority seemed to think <clears throat> that if you put someone in a nowhere portal, then they're going to die. <laughs> hmm. It is really But weird. that might just be the superiority. And, but I can't remember who brings up the mining of Acclivity Stone. I thought it was Kuna, but now I'm not sure. It's definitely in Starsight. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, there's no way humans would know about mining Acclivity. Yeah. And, and it is really interesting how, like, 
there's the weird symbols by the nowhere portals, and that was similar in the shipyard that was falling in Skyward. So there's something there, but I don't know what it is. And yeah. in the caves of Detritus. Yep, yeah. So I pulled up the Coppermine page. Ah, oh, fantastic. And it does say a Clifting Stone can only be found in the nowhere. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So I think the using it as like an execution is that i mean if they don't come back out they might as well be dead it's sort of like it's an exile but they call it execution maybe people can't come back out if they're not cytonics maybe non-cytonics yeah or at least if you don't have like the right prereqs or technology like maybe if you're like an actual mm-hmm. miner then it's like all right you're outkitted with all this crap or something mm-hmm. and you could go in and be safe but if you just toss a random person in there well they're they're basically dead whatever yeah. i think it also kind of speaks to the fact that the superiority hasn't bothered really learning about this like they're extremely they have good reason to be scared of the delvers and uh, cytonics and all of that um, but it also means that they don't necessarily know what they're talking about is that uh... oh Ian just had an idea what if, <laughs> um, what if all those people the superiority sent into the nowhere didn't die but have formed a stable colony on this planet the, the idea like just Australia. occurred to me Nowhere in Titanic, Australia. Mm. The idea just occurred to me. It's like, wait, do you think we'll see a couple of the people who were executed? But Mm. I mean, Australia is in the upside down. So this is very uh, plausible. I I like this idea. But can confirm Australia is in the upside down. It's all upside down. Yeah, we we had to flip her camera because it was all upside down. Yeah, they came here just to film the Stranger Things uh, upside down things, and then went back to America to uh, yep. film everything. That's else. what happened. That's totally how it happened. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Wasn't remind me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there like that gorilla that was in the flight program, and didn't they exile him through the, the door? Yeah, that's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, his yeah. name. There was a gorilla alien. Yeah, it was like that. It was. It was like G U Z apostrophe A H. I don't know how to say that, that, but I'm pretty sure that's how it was. With the apostrophe, it makes me think it's not Kuja. Yeah. Well, regardless, that would be interesting for Spencer to find them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we think that Old Earth is in the nowhere? I can't think of anywhere else. It when something disappears. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess space is really big. It could just it's be somewhere big. else in space. <laughs> yeah. And if there are no cytonics on old Earth, and it's like safe from the Delvers in the nowhere, I have a theory that maybe the cytonics of old Earth sent old Earth, like all the cytonics were like, we'll stay here we can't go with you because if the cytonics go with you then the delvers will see us and so maybe the cytonics they all teamed up together to transport old earth in there and they like stayed behind in the regular universe or something i don't know i kind of like that actually 
What if all of the human cytonics teamed up with all the kits and cytonics and just wanted to like <laughs> form their own colony somewhere and are just like cool. peaceful and harmonious um, by themselves? They're like, we're okay here by I ourselves. I do want to find the kits and cytonics who I, went somewhere I else. I would like, just about to bring them up. Like, yeah, I, I think that'll come up somehow. Yeah. Like, God, I hope so. There also haven't been any new kits and cytonics, mm. correct? Yeah. Like, since well, it they is left. a. It is a family line thing. So yeah. if nobody had the genes for it, then I guess nobody would actually uh, manifest the powers. Right. And they're I, supposedly I it on whether it's a um, they're, dominant they're, or recessive. Trait. They're supposedly more rare in the alien races. Is that yeah? Right. Yeah. Because yeah, like if it's recessive, then like even if all the, it, the same thing with the terrorist like. Get rid of all the living ones; it's still going to be part of the genetic makeup yeah. of the species. But if it's dominant and they all leave, then then they wouldn't. I yeah. feel okay. like it's recessive, at least in humans. Because, yeah. um, like, I I guess like Spencer's family, it is just passed down the entire line. But Jorgen's family, it doesn't seem to, unless like mm. his mother and or father, who whoever came from the scientists, like just pretended they didn't have cytonic abilities. Which is plausible like, in that society, to be honest. Um, yeah. Because yeah. neither of them were pilots, right? So they probably The mother was them. a pilot. Oh, she was? Okay. Mm. Yeah. The father was a politician, the mother was a pilot. Mm. Um, yeah. But the father was very against um, the defect and, like, really fought to hide it. Hmm. So... Like I've kind of always thought up till now that that was just he was aware that it could be in his lineage, but maybe he was actually cytonic, and like that's why he tried so hard to hide it. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe it is dominant. I, you know, speaking of the the whole thing with the defect, there was one thing in Star Sight that, like the whole thing with Spence's dad, good old Z Nightshade. Uh, best name. But he had, because he didn't have the shielding that Mbot had, his Cytonics, it, like, that was a defect and they could control him. And the whole reason why Spencer was immune when she went out there was because of Mbot's shielding. But Mbot is a drone now, so she could be vulnerable to that. And that's an interesting thing that we didn't really follow up with in uh, Starsight that could come to get Spencer yeah. because she's a lot more vulnerable without Mbot as a ship. Oh my god. It just so, This book is going to be so emotionally tough for Spencer and Mbot. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. rough. Yeah. I, I wonder if she would be as vulnerable because like she does have Cytonic training now. That's like, true. Whereas Spencer like, doesn't. Yeah, like he didn't understand what these abilities were, so like they could take advantage of it. True, but like she might have a little bit more, like because like they just kind of like overwrote what he was seeing. Like she might, right. Spencer might have a that might still happen to her, but she might be able to like pierce through it a little bit better because she knows that it's possible. Like and. And she Maybe. like definitely dealt with the most powerful cytonics in the Delvers, right? Like if anyone's experienced, like that at least checks out. 
she's very mm-hmm. familiar with those sort of mentalic attacks mm-hmm. almost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we think that she's grown more powerful or uh, like has lasting effects because of her interactions with the Delver? I, want, I don't know if I would say more powerful, but I think that would probably give her some confidence. That's not necessarily the right word, but at least freedom from fear of experimenting. Yeah. Um, I would view it not as becoming more powerful in terms of like raw power, but like more skilled. Yeah. Mm. Like it, it was like a learning experience and now she she can do more because she knows more, but not in terms of like raw power. You know, this just makes me think. You have two books left. Spencer has really not had any Cytonic training proper, right? And there's lots of training that could occur, so I'm almost wondering if going to Old Earth, we will see some phone company peeps, and we will, uh, Spencer will get her, it, it, it won't be Delver Flight School, it'll be Cytonic <laughs> School, yay! Red <laughs> has said that, like, the phone company is still out there, yeah. and we'll likely see cameos. I didn't know that? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so, oh. I always... I always wonder if she'll learn something from Embot about it because it. I got the impression at the end because he rewrote his code to get into the drone mm. that the blocks that were on him aren't there anymore. Yeah. And yeah. maybe that means that he can access uh, some, if not all, of the information he had before. And once they get back on speaking terms, maybe he can actually help her by like giving her exercises or um, information on how to do other things besides go through the nowhere, which like she hasn't even fully worked out how to do. Mm-hmm. Like she still seems to need to be given coordinates somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think the core of this is like, we're going to have to, this is what, this is what I see kind of happening is that, we're not going to be getting satisfying answers until Spencer and Mbot have figured out how not to argue with each other. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. It's like the emotional work of regaining trust is going to need to happen before we're going to get the in, yeah. you know, an influx of answers and information, um, which I think is going to be frustrating for some readers. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, sorry, we're going to have to wait a bit while Mbot discovers what emotions are like um how to deal with the fact that he knows spencer made um a justifiable decision but it still hurts and this might be the first time he's ever had to deal with that little conundrum Mm. this feels like it's going to be more of a character focused book than Mm. starsight was and possibly even more than skyward was and like there was a lot of character building that Spencer had to do in book one. But yeah, I, I feel that this is going to be prime. 
maybe not primarily character focused, but like really character focused instead okay. of plot focused. Like so a- Eric's probably going to hate it. Oh, well, that, just, that might be true. I just don't think Spencer right now has the tools to be able to help Embot with this emotional work. Like it does take a little bit of emotional self-knowledge to be able to help <laughs> another person walk through the feelings like just scanning through i i've had the actual nowhere uh chapter one um Uh like open and i'm and i'm just it's it's hitting me it's like okay yeah spencer is definitely a teen who doesn't know how to handle another person being mad at her uh has you know it's like can't has doesn't really know what to say to in order to help solve the problems it's um she's reacting with defensiveness instead of understanding right and i'm like yep okay yep this is i can see i can see where this is going right now in that neither of these characters are wrong but they are gonna have someone is gonna have to bend and the the person who i think has got to be the the first one to reach out to the other is it has to be spencer um even if just to say something like i'm sorry and i understand and it makes sense that that i hurt you you know it yeah i i agree i'm wondering if if we're getting dual viewpoints from spencer and bot which i like if that if we're getting dual viewpoints it's probably got to be that like i wonder if they are going to split up or mm-hmm. like I'm I'm just not quite sure how that's gonna work. Cause like it feels like this conflict is the central conflict of the book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so like if they're split up, like will we get to explore that a lot? I don't know. And I'm I would guess yeah. like a third of the book. I wouldn't be surprised if like not like the whole book, not a majority, but like a significant portion that they have their own uh their own thing going on. Mm. And but baby's first emotions. Gotta gotta work that out, Spencer. Cytonics. It's like I just find it so weird that this is the book that Brandon decided to make dual viewpoints because this <laughs> is the book where it's like, that is very explicitly Spencer alone. It's like mm-hmm. this is an interesting choice, Brandon. Yeah. I'm not sure how it would work because like it seems like Mbot is the main choice right now. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember seeing a theory back after Starsight um, was first released about uh, Ember potentially becoming the villain. And with how angry he is, I, I could see that happening. I'm not sure I, I think that is going to happen, but that could work with the dual um viewpoints if they do end up splitting up because they don't reconcile and for some reason or another uh Embot comes to resent Spencer and maybe starts um like becoming more of the antagonist of the story and we get to watch that evolve um based on this conflict that happened the book before Oh, that would be painful if they separated. Yeah. <laughs> they were separated at the end of book three. Excellent. And only only re- resolve their differences in book four. I think that's <gasps> really interesting because there's all this conflict regarding 
like AIs. Oh, AIs, they're scary. And you know, even the humans, like, yo, we gotta put blocks on these AIs. Mm. And Mbot's free, right? Like, what yeah. can that do? Like, there's a conversation in Starside where they're talking about what makes someone alive, mm-hmm. and Mbot's talking about reproduction. And Spencer was saying, oh, yeah, no, uh, it should be fine. And he brings up the scenario, but what if I um, had, what if there was a thousand M-bots? And suddenly, like, that sounds, like, much more scary than, hey, there's one M-bot that can reproduce and create this cute little drone that, that like, seems almost like a mascot in a way. And <laughs> I, I can see where this theory has come from because, yeah, that does sound like it could go very badly a very mad ai in charge of a little drone army but like i i like the idea of mbot being a villain not like the big villain of the series series. um an antagonist for the book perhaps an antagonist for the book i like this greatly i love Soft boys becoming villains. <laughs> and if Mbot reproduces, I'm wondering if Mbot will become a ship again at the end of this book. I don't know. <gasps> Something just occurred to me. But, like, what if all the Mbot reproduce and they. We get a fleet of Mbots for book four for all of uh, the Starsight crew and, and our Detritus crew. Done. Okay. What if what if Mbot makes a clone of himself, the original Mbot and Spencer reconcile, but there's a copy of Mbot out there who's evil. evil. (laughs) We could have it both ways, guys. We could have it both ways. We could have it both ways. And we can have more than one clone. Yeah, exactly. We can have a lot of them. Ooh, I'm so excited. Okay. I just ooh, I really like that. I don't know how that's gonna work with them being in a jungle, but oh, I'm not interested. Stay in a jungle. That's like... true. Yeah, this is yeah. That doesn't fit with anything. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> so they find something around the jungle the entire book. That's it. <laughs> She's gonna walk in a circle for the entire book. Everything will happen. Yeah. Very Harry Potter seven esque. Yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> but I I think it's sort of plausible that we could get more mbots for our all of our heroes for the last book like that that could be a thing but and I, i'd be interested like if they will be clones of mbot or if like he will give them different personalities like yeah. actual children distinct personhood yeah because like th- there's a difference between like cloning yourself and reproducing yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he can rewrite the code so he could he could do either, right? Mm-hmm. And I got the impression when he was creating the little spy drone that he wasn't just cloning himself. Like, he was trying to give it some sort of different personality because he was starting to see it as a child and Spencer just kind of cut that down, plus his coding um kicked in and stopped and, him from doing it and definitely given where mbot's character seems to be going that the idea of like free will is mm. so important i don't think mbot will yeah. give himself the ability to change or alter the 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 clones or babies once 
born. It's like, I I think, I think this could be, this could be a potential issue where the children, the AI children are the issue because Mbot has already previously locked himself out of being able to alter them against their will, which seems to be really important to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man, I just got really excited for this book. <laughs> yeah, like the Mbot stuff, like it's been almost criminal in our Skyward podcast, Skyward lore, and our Starsight prediction, how little we talked about Mbot, I remember, because yeah. we kept forgetting about Mbot. But this is gonna be an Mbot book, you know? Like we're gonna learn a lot about yeah. Mbot and a lot about who he is and what he becomes, right? Yeah, because it's like this is like the boy and his dragon, the girl and her spaceship. Yep. Like yeah. that relationship is imp- is integral to it's this series. The premise you can't break from this premise, mm-hmm. which is very sad. If he did, <laughs> which is almost why I'm thinking that he will be a spaceship by the end of the book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think that's possible. Like I think there's a few different ways the book could uh, end. You know, I'm sure whatever weird crap Spencer finds is going to totally veer this in a different direction. But let, I'm just going to spitball about the ending. Let's go. Uh, like, one, Spencer and Mbot can go through more nowhere portals and leave in detritus. Plausible. Super plausible. Yeah. I think Spencer is going to not have to depend on Mbot for travel. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's kind of important in their relationship is that um she she needs him in a way that if he if he is mad at her and doesn't want to help her it's kind of very unfortunate implications of you know he, you know he's in, he's right now in a position where or he has spent two books being in the position where his feelings don't necessarily matter he's he's kind of there as a literal vehicle for for Spencer yeah, to get around and do her plot i think this whole thing where he's not a spaceship right now he's a drone they have to actually talk to each other as people um i th- i think it's got i think it's important for the equality of embod in the relationship if if Spencer doesn't literally need him every time she needs to travel. I think that's going to be part of what she learns in terms of her cytonics. This book is like her ability, her, she's going to develop her ability to travel without Mbot's assistance, Mm -hmm. at least sometimes. I kind of think it's a little bit of both of what you're saying. Um, But this is based on a bit of a crack theory of mine that I actually think that the figments are AIs that have become self-aware. And Mm -hmm. I almost think that, Embot is going to become a figment where he can take over a ship mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. help Spencer get around, but he can also take over a drone or just kind of exist in the air as well and not really be an AI anymore. He is then just a person in the way that a figment alien is a person. Yeah. Ooh, that's so interesting. I was going to say that, that, Embot being a robot, but I like that better. That, that. <laughs> But going back to Shannon about Spencer being able to travel on her own, I don't necessarily agree because Mbot can't travel on his own. Like they they need each other mm-hmm. in a very well, very similar way to how to train your dragon. Like Toothless and Hiccup need to be together in order to fly. Like, That's a pretty they, good comparison. 
Yeah. So, so I'm thinking either Spencer exits into Tritus or Mbot is a new ship and she like jumps to the Tritus or something. That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking. I think she has to end up back there at some point, but I think when she does, people won't be there anymore. Yeah. And they'll yeah. have figured out how to exactly. Ooh, that'll be good. Well, right, because they, they, they got the slugs and they, they, they yeah. kind of, they have Mbot's design. Uh, well, they got the slugs, but they don't know how to use them. And True. I don't think they're going to do the superiority method of torturing them. So we I think do got to explore that. Be yeah. Some yeah. time where they have to figure that out, but I also think that Alanik's going to wake up and know more about the slugs and be able to help them in that way. Mm. But didn't she not... Well, I guess we don't know what she knew or didn't know, but about the slugs. But, like, she is Cytonic that knows how to travel. So, like, yeah, yeah. could use yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's going to be a love triangle... I don't want there to be a love triangle. Oh, God. Between who? Uh, Spencer, Jorgen, and Alanik. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. I'd riot. I, like, I'm just like, that would be a huge shock. I don't... <laughs> yeah, especially with, like, like Spencer and Jorgen kissed, right? And, uh, you know... I think Jorgen will be friendly, but professional. Yeah. He, he's well-known for being friendly, but professional, that's for sure. <laughs> Especially since, like, we're not going to get extensive Spencer and Jorgen again until book four. Like, I yeah, don't think that's happening in this I book. Agree. Like, setting up a love triangle now, I don't think would be a good idea. <laughs> I really don't want that to happen. Yeah, so that's, really that's, that's, this, is, this is like the worst I'm perfectly fine thing. if, like, Jorgen and Alanique like develop a friendship and like maybe some readers are like oh that's cute i'll ship them that's yeah. fine yeah, ship yeah. It yeah. yeah that's you totally know, fine if, if it goes into like a canon like oh she's so great i'm gonna be i'm gonna be attracted to her no don't do that please i'm begging you brandon <laughs> do there'll we... be a lot of complaints on the nowhere reactions podcast if that's the case <laughs> 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 i'm wondering because maybe we'll still get interludes from the detritus people in Jorgen. Uh, like, so. like, the problem with novellas is that your mainline readers aren't going to know that they exist. So I feel yeah. like they can't be, like, integral to those, the overall series story. Like, they'll fill in some blanks, I'm sure. Right? But... I think they'll be more integral than, like, the Stormlight novellas are. But they're still going sure. to be extra. Like it's going to flesh out what happens in those interludes. So like we get mm. more context, but like the important bits are going to be in the the interludes, mm. if there are any. Yeah, mm. I don't I don't see us getting into book four and then like requiring the information that we get from the novellas in order to understand what's going on. Yeah. It's even if we start book four in like a uh, a new place after a little time skip we should be able to have made reasonable inferences based on what we get uh, from the interludes which assuming I think we're getting interludes um, yeah. I think they also might get the epilogue again um, right yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think I think uh-huh. we might get a I think we might get an ending scene where Spencer comes back into the real world and finds out oh 
my God, Spencer, this is like, this is, this is the current situation as it happens now. So much has happened, <laughs> you know, and then she has to come in and help solve this big problem that we, that she, that is totally new to her. Yeah. I just had an idea of like how this, the, this could all work. And it's another Star Wars parallel. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Cause it's like episode four <laughs> starts off with like the, um, plans for the death star mm -hmm. and then you have rogue one that are like okay this is how we got those plans yeah so like, mm. in nowhere we get like get these pieces of information like these these plot points and then the novellas are like okay but like here is how those happened here is yeah. how we found out that information yeah i, I think, think that could the okay yeah it's sort of like brandon would probably have to have a really strong idea of what happens in those novellas like yeah. right like like right now at this point otherwise yeah, sure. it's sort of like he's locking himself into something that he might you know if this is oh i need to change this plot point on detritus oh i can't it's already in nowhere hmm. i i think they have all been outlined yeah didn't he oh. say that in state of saturday yeah Maybe that they're all outlined yeah I, I don't think Brandon would like get Jancy Patterson, who's gonna help write those. Is she gonna write them, or I mean, they're she both is gonna, going to write. Them. She's going yeah. to write them. Like there would be no way Brandon would do that unless he knew like how they that would work, right? Like that just yeah. wouldn't work at all. He yeah. just wouldn't he's be good, doing he's that. Good, he's a good planner. We'll say yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So with Detritus, uh -huh. uh, I'm very interested to learn more about that planet because I think there are more mysteries there. Like we were talking before about the Acclivity Stone and the Nowhere Portals and how they all have those symbols. Yeah. And those symbols were, as Eric said, in the shipyard. And they're mm -hmm. also throughout the tunnel system in Detritus. And then also in the uh, flashback at the start of Starsight where they watched the Delva take over the um the planet, there's a reference to I think it's called the No Walk yes, and how the they have to make sure it's closed. Yes. So it sounds like there's almost a nowhere portal in Detritus, but I also have a personal theory that Detritus is a uh dead Delva maze. And that's what all of the the cabins are. Because Classic they're also theory. in the Delver maze that they that they yeah, practice they on. Are. They are. Yeah. They are. So oh. I just want to know more. I, I want to know why those symbols are there and just what they mean. And, yeah. and the no walk being closed, like, because I reread part one. That's as far as I got. Uh, and they're like, yeah, why would the no walk need to be closed? Like that was really they they felt that that was important as the Delver was attacking, which is very interesting. Hmm. So it's like as the Delver was like uh, attacking, they were shooting at the Delver, which is why the inner layers were all like broken up because they were shooting through the inner layers to shoot at the Delver, which I felt was very interesting. Yes, it's very interesting because like what is up with that shipyard these symbols there's something with these symbols i i don't know what but that that's a yeah. thing we gotta and do it's been there since the beginning mm -hmm. like i can't remember if like little spencer mentions it in the um prologue of stars uh, um skyward but like no, I her first chapter 
is going through the tunnels and like hunting rats and she brings it up and mm. brings up like this old piping and it's just it's seeded there from the beginning mm-hmm. it would make sense if they're building these giant shells because they the detritus our our heroes they're all getting their acclivity stone from the shells of detritus as they're falling like that was the whole point yeah so you, it sounds like you would need a crap load of acclivity stone to make all that work. So mm-hmm. building this cyto shielding project around some access point in the nowhere where you could get acclivity stone, like you, you couldn't source it from elsewhere. Like that would be very impractical, right? No. Yeah. I, I, I like the dead Delver theory like that. Mm-hmm. It's a good it's, one. It's, it's existed it, since Starsight. Maybe even did it exist at the end of Skyward? It's been around a while. We yeah. uh, I no, think because it, we didn't know Delvers were a thing. That's right, true. Right. That is true. <laughs> that is didn't true. reread. Didn't reread. Um, but yeah, no classic theory. I'm very fond of it. Even if it's one of those like, even if it's not true, I, like right now, I kind of hope it is. It's like all that weird dust right, in like the Delver yeah. when they appear, right? Mm-hmm. It's mentioned that when Delvers appear, they attract material yeah. around them. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this theory. I'm really fond of it. But I really want to know, like, are those symbols the symbols of the Delvers? Or are they of a different civilization? Like, how does all this work? <laughs> What's yeah. going on? It's very super weird. Because yeah. I got the impression from the Delvers that, like, yes they're very powerful beings um but they don't seem to have um i guess the uh what would be the word they don't seem to have like a social structure um that yeah a culture or even like an awareness to need to have a written language which is just very interesting so what other language is this? What what is the purpose of this? I have a crack theory. Me too. It's kind of first. going back to yeah. make the try to be a dead delver. Yeah. We have we've discussed the possibility of there being some sort of connection between humans and delvers. Yeah. What if Earth is a dead delver and that's how they were able to transfer it Ooh. to the nowhere? What? Oh, that's so crack. What? I I I have an yeah, I even crackier theory. I have okay. a wave crackier theory. Okay. The humans of the phone company ascended and became Delvers. <laughs> and the Delver that Spencer met weren't <gasps> one of the original Delvers that ascended. It was a newer Delver that didn't understand humans whereas the original delvers i guess they uh, i don't know they just hate you know the the original i don't know why why would the phone company turn against humanity i don't know but like i'm trying to like figure out why there would be symbols right in, in delvers Ooh. so hmm. what if what if delvers are planets that become self-aware <laughs> What if Delvers become psychotic, are or like the psychic aftershock of like killing a sentient planet? Huh. Ooh. Oh, that's 
That's actually oh. very like the locked tomb. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's exactly what I was going for. If yeah, I, I will say if there is a solid explanation for why the Delver that attacked Starsight is different from the rest. What if it was that Earth? Will help. <gasps> that will help. <laughs> To, to be honest, like, may, I, I think it's possible that, like, I don't know, you, if you're a sufficiently advanced Cytonic, then you, yeah. like, sort of become a Delver somehow. I this don't know. Is, this is my favorite segment of this. <laughs> this is just like, yeah, let's go. No rails. This this part's going nowhere. And my the theory clip. is now that that Delver was Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the Delver was Earth. The real Delver was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> well, definitely seems like it, considering the end of Starsight. Oh, that's that's man. true. That's that's true. I, huh. you know, I it's know. sort of like I would be okay letting go of Delver's being the Lovecraftian horror thing if, like, the reason that Delver's exist is interesting enough. Like, that's true. That is that's. Yeah. I'm with you there. I agree. Yeah. That's totally so, true. Come on, give us the Delver book. Give us the answers to these mysteries. I want something juicy. Let's go. The, the symbols are like very connected with this and with the nowhere portals. Like there's just such weird stuff going on with that. I'm going to be totally honest. Um, until this conversation, I had kind of assumed that the humans had been to Detritus before. And mm-hmm. it like it wasn't originally alien, that it was human and then dead and then yeah, you're right, right, right. Humans came back. I just assumed that humans had built this place, mm-hmm. Detritus, as it as it is, the ruin. Well, it's definitely um, implied that the site, the um, shield around Detritus, was built by the humans during the Second War because that's how they thought they would be safe to bring the Delver through and that mm-hmm. they would be able to protect all of their communication. And then that didn't work at all. Um, yeah. And yeah. it said that they set up multiple planets like this with like with the shielding as their bases of operation. Yeah. Also, the fact that there's apparently multiple human sanctuaries that is in the true. universe at the there's moment. multiple human preserves. Oh. Yeah. Because like, that was the detritus preserve, right? It wasn't the yeah. human preserve. But, yeah, yeah, that was the detritus preserve. And it makes me think that the other ones probably aren't set up with all this shielding um, yeah. and were more, hey, we've captured all these humans after the war. We have to put them somewhere. We're going to do that under our terms, whereas they didn't get to do that with detritus. They just had to take what was given to them because right. that's where the humans went because the great-grandmother knew that it was a place of safety. Right. So. It must have still been known throughout the this fleet used to, to be, some extent. Yeah. This yeah. used to be one of our old bases and yeah. in the before times. Yeah, and especially like among like the people of the engines, like they would be the ones who maintain that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's a cytonic well, reasoning why they could feel and sense detritus mm-hmm. and try and go there. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I like that theory. I like the theory that cytonics can sense other cytonics. Well, it's not really a theory because we do see it, but I feel like it's on a much bigger scale than we've seen. So I really like that idea. And yeah, it's good. I like it. I wonder. 
Now I'm on this different track that what if all these nowhere portals are all human created and the symbols are all human created, but I don't know if that works. Um, I don't think so. Maybe they're like tears in the universe instead of being naturally created. Yeah, I, I guess the way my very tired brain is going right now was that like mm -hmm. either it's like delver related symbols or it's human related symbols right and like yeah. if detritus was mm. human built then it's probably the human one and if it's a dead delver then it's probably the delver one right uh so i was just trying to go down the path of it not being a dead delver and like what that would yeah. imply yeah. right and i mean it seemed like the humans were like all over the place so maybe they created a lot of these tears i don't know maybe the superiority was discovering them later i don't know but yeah. if spencer doesn't recognize them all at all and they're really weird symbols then probably not i don't know it, it depends on like how long the superiority has been using acclivity stone mm. for spaceships because like like is that the only way to, to get spaceships because if so then like it has to predate humans like the newer portals have to predate humans being among the stars because like they needed some way to get the acclivity stone which the only way to do that is nowhere portals yeah it just seemed like in defending elysium they didn't need like any of this acclivity stuff right so that doesn't necessarily need to be true right i mean they could have made spaceships another way and then the acclivity stone spaceships are just much True. better because yeah. it's it, right like we have spaceships in the real world and acclivity stone is real yeah right exactly. it's a, it i just feel it's tricky using defending elysium it's very tricky yeah because yes. like it's very brandon tricky. just didn't come up with most of this stuff at that point like to like tell that was, it's like if he was going to rewrite defending elysium now like would I wonder, be, like, it would be would different. Be yeah, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oh man, I. You know, I will say, I'm much more excited about this book after this conversation. Like, because there are a lot of interesting plot threads, and honestly, if the Delvers have some sort of good origin story, that mm -hmm. explains why some can be different from others in a way. You know what? I like my stupid crack theory that they're ascended, hum I ascended humans. Of these crack theories. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about ascended humans, but they're ascended something that were just like satanic so powerful that they're like, man, the these other people, they suck. Oh, we're going to do our own thing and we're going to live uh, over here. I don't know. Uh, I like planets becoming psychotic <laughs> i'm like, so glad you do i was like is anyone gonna like this stupid theory for me? <laughs> I, I love I the idea that site that the delver is of like that just kind of makes everything so much better in my mind which and if the delver is earth then that means they're not on old earth yeah that spencer wouldn't be on no. earth it could be something else. Well, why is it called Old Earth instead of just Earth? Uh, maybe. Is there a new Earth somewhere? Well, wouldn't. Let, let's say our society went to the stars. I think we would still, in our language, still refer to the ground as Earth, right? And like things of Earth 
that that would kind of still be there. But if we couldn't get back to Earth, the original Earth, then like old Earth's just like, oh yeah, that that original one, in a way. The original place. Yeah, that, just I guess to emphasize, you know, the home planet. Yeah, the mother world. The old world. Hmm. If you if if in the human lexicon or of, of English of u- using Earth as just in the same way we use human for people when sometimes right. when we say human we need we mean yeah sometimes we mean human and sometimes we mean sapient being so sometimes right. when we say Earth we mean dirt and sometimes when we say Earth we mean this planet this planet yeah sometimes this specific dirt yeah this specific dirt yeah. Capital versus lowercase. Probably yeah. just, a, I would say probably just a, like a linguistic thing rather than a meaningful, there's another earth somewhere. Okay. Yeah. 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 Something else that I am interested in is the Tanix and how mm. that is all meant to work. And that I am oh, very yeah. interested to see how Detritus deals with the slugs because I don't think it's going to be the, the torture method. Mm-hmm. But also, I just don't understand how they work. I I, I have complained to Eric yeah. a lot about this. I don't understand what the superiority is doing with them. It just doesn't work in my head. So I want to know more about how you can transport yourself through the nowhere with one of these slugs and not be seen because the slug is on board. It just, it doesn't make sense. So I want to know more about that, but I also know, want to know more about where they come from and just see if we can get more information on how their cytonics work and like whether what you were saying before, Shannon, about cytonics being attracted to cytonics. Um, I, I almost wonder if they're attracted to the nowhere portals and that's why there's so many of them on detritus. And of course, the superiority went round and cleared them off all the other planets uh, very conveniently for themselves. But it makes me wonder if those planets had um, nowhere portals on them. And like one yeah. of them was on the Kitson planet. Mm. Um, and I don't yeah. know if we ever find out if there's um, the Tanix on Redawn as well. But mm. Kuna, I can't remember if it's Kuna or Vapor. One of them seems to think that. Um, Spencer has like figured out how the superiority like do um, travel with the slugs because they see one in her apartment which mm. kind of implied that all of the Adai knew but of course that's not quite how it worked because it was Spencer with um, Doomslug instead of like actually being someone from the Adai. But either way, I'm just very interested if they had slugs there and if there's a Nova mm-hmm. portal there and just mm-hmm. how many of these things are around and how it's all interconnected. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a novella topic. Like one of the novellas is like figuring out the Tanix. Mm, yeah. How much did Spencer learn about the the slugs Jorgen learned them they exist they're they're cytonic they're what are used for cytonic travel she oh has. so she did learn that that wasn't just Jorgen who discovered it yeah no it was um okay, okay. it was like because remember there was that whole like little plot line in star sight where she hears the cytonic scream yeah, yeah, yeah. um and she's like and then for like a little while when i was first reading star sight i was like 
oh my god do they have like do they have like i thought i imagined not the slugs but like other cytonic sapient beings that they were torturing and i was like that might have been a little much for a ya novel um but (laughs) (laughs) at least maybe one of brennan's ya novels but Mm -hmm. um so we know so she and then she found out when like someone saw her with doom slug or someone saw doom slug at her house mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. were like, and so she gets that little explanation mm-hmm. um, yeah. later. I, I'm actually very curious on whether or not the slugs are tortured <laughs> because it, it sounds like screaming to a person, but like it might not be an actual pain response from the Tanex. Like they, they might just have learned to like, hey, this sound makes it so we can teleport like mm. in like not the superiority, but the slugs have figured out like, hey, if we like make this sound like we can teleport and nothing bad happens. And the superiority has just learned how to like to direct the slugs like, okay, now scream and teleport us. Because parrots can imitate a screaming sound like i think foxes sometimes scra- sound like screaming women being in distress right but with yeah so it's oh. like it, i'm curious like is this an actual like scream of pain or is this just something that sounds like one that that's an interesting point because it seems like doomslug mm-hmm. is teleporting all the time honestly mm-hmm. right it seems like that's the only way that she gets around. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wasn't, if I could teleport. I would teleport all the time. Yeah, right. Exactly. This, this is going to be a point. I think we talked about this in the Star Set reactions. Um, where, like, where there, we had some confusion about what was going on with the scream. Yeah. Wasn't the uh-huh. scream just to get the Delver's attention, but in the wrong place, like the moment right before they travel? So the scream wasn't relevant to the the cytonic warping but in order to like if we're going to be getting a delver's attention make sure it's looking in the wrong place yeah i just the thing that confuses me is the slug is on board so if the devil's looking at the slug wouldn't it then also be looking at the ship yeah 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 and that that's the confusion yeah that is yeah like rereading it um (laughs) i was messaging eric at the beginning saying maybe it's actually a different slug that or like something else that they're making screams somewhere else and then the slug that they have is just transporting them and not actually the one screaming but then later on it's kind of like pointed out by spencer that it is the slug on board the screaming so that's that's where my confusion comes from with it i hope there's like a line, you know how when you go from one book to the next and then in the narrative, there's like a little summary in the, in the text about, and then Spencer learned and, you know, I had learned da, 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 da. And then it said very simply and explicitly. So I kind of hope that's what happens. She has like a little, well, I know that the, the superiority used traveled like this moment in yeah. the first couple chapters. The, the other thing that jumped to mind is the fact that Braid is screaming Ooh. when she's trying to draw the Delver through oh, that's it true. as well. And uh, it was just very interesting because I don't know if that was an intentional parallel mm. or not. And it's not one that I've thought about really before this conversation. It just kind of jumped up to my mind. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
There must be something there. It's got to make sense somehow, right? I don't, I don't know if we're going to get more of an explanation for it. I would really like one, but it might need to be a wall more than anything. Might be. Yeah. <laughs> might be. Yeah. Hmm. It's I'm interesting. In Tanix novella. <laughs> Tanix novella. It's a Doomslug POV. It's it's not Spencer Embot. It's Spencer Doomslug. Ooh. Hot take. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> guys aren't thrilled with that yeah no that it's much less interesting than Spetsambot Brandon has said like the slugs are somewhat intelligent like not oh, they are yeah well I mean they are interesting Doomslug corrected Spence's grammar that's true yeah I guess <laughs> That was quite funny. Yeah, I, I, I rereading that I was like, oh, that's really funny. Yeah, because I think that's the first time she hasn't just parroted as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, you guys got any other final thoughts for Nowhere Skyward Three? <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> You're excited. I'm kind of excited. You, before this, I was, I was mostly. I, w- I was kind of a little bit not bored but it's like i can't think of what's going to happen it's just going to be spencer and we i have no idea what could happen next i'm really bad at generating theories like for this i'm really great at bouncing off of other people That's but it was like i can't show. Be on show. i can't it, you know so it was like you know it's hard for me to get hyped about something that i can't imagine it's like i'm sure i'll be excited when i read the book but yeah no um i'm really excited about what we talked about um i'm excited for some delver answers mm-hmm. i'm ready to delve in <laughs> to the nowhere to nowhere <laughs> no here we go <laughs> just is like i'm gonna strangle uh, you <laughs> uh like I find it funny, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I'm cringing so much. Which <laughs> You're is kind welcome, of the everyone. And like, I don't blame you for it or anything because I know that's what you're going for. <laughs> uh, I'm cautiously excited for this book um, because I did have such a negative reaction to Starsight, but I love Skyward, and I really want to love this book. And having all of this conversation has made me much more like positively excited for it. And at least to like try and keep an open mind that it might not just be the things that I'm worried about. Cause this has all been very exciting to talk about. So (laughs) that's going to be cool. Mbot stuff. And that's going to be great. And that's probably the thing I'm most excited about. Like if Mbot, reproduces makes tons more mbots and stuff and what do they find in this weird jungly place like there's a lot of cool that could happen i was definitely more excited after getting the preview chapters despite the fact that there were several things i didn't like about them for the idea that this might be old earth and i was like okay i really want to know if that's the case and if it is i want to know about old earth more so it did pull me in straight away with something that i am very excited to learn more about mm-hmm. true same and then when it's going to release the book and it's none of this is going to be relevant it's going to be i'm excited still for flight school <laughs> uh no but that, that spence is going to learn cytonics 
Spence and Mbot are gonna have to resolve some things. I'm pretty confident about that, right? Like, this is got That seems pretty clear. Yeah. 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 Well, building answers as well. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, this was fun, and we don't have a Who's That Cosmere character for this one. We have a Who's That Skyward character. So we're going to go to (laughs) Who's That Skyward character. This character is from Roshar. Menace. Yeah, Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere character? Call. All right. So, we only got one, but you can send your WTCC, Who's That Cosmere character, or Who's That Cidiverse character, uh, to WTCC at 70char.com. And these guys get to guess. You send five clues and a character. And these guys got a guess. And I mean, look, when we do the nowhere reactions, you know, we'll we'll need some. So you might as well send a few in. And there's solidly like two podcasts they'll appear in. So there you go. Um, So. Clue number one. This character is a pilot. (laughs) Chaser. It's not Zine Nightshade. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> morning tide. It's not morning tide. I was about to say that. <laughs> Bim. It is Bim. <laughs> hey! hey! We that knew Jess was gonna get it. Way. But that's there you go. Uh, wow. The, Amazing. The other clues were this character attempted to flirt. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, This character slept in a cot. This character is dead. And this (laughs) character has blue hair. Yeah, the blue hair one is the giveaway. Which, to be honest, I did forget that Bim had blue hair. Because I'm, like, not used to it being in, like, science fiction land where people just, like, normally have blue hair. Right? Uh, But then, like, rereading part one of Starside, uh, Spencil's like, oh, yeah, bad memories of seeing this girl with blue hair. And I'm like, I forgot what that's even referring to. I was referring to Bim. <laughs> like, oh, that makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a quick second. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, all right. Well, well, we did it, guys. Jess <laughs> won her first one on yep. the first clue. On the first clue. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Totally planned. Uh, you have set expectations now. Yes. Oh, yes. no. Oh, no. I mean, to be fair, Jess knows more than probably anyone facts about Skyward Flight. So, having uh, written several of their Coppermind articles, and they turned out really good. So, including Bims. Including Bims. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, well, Jess will get that one. All right. I mean, I shouldn't have got it on the first clue. Like, that was just a guess. <laughs> no, you always claim it as pure skill. Skill. Skill, not guessing. Skill. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I am just the best at this. Yeah. There you, you go. You saw into the nowhere, and you saw that future, and you, you grabbed it. I don't know if they see in the future in the nowhere. Don't think that's how it works. They have a little precog. Yeah. yeah a little bit. Well, isn't yeah. it? 
just like Spencer yeah, hearing yeah. the FTL travel, and that's how it's like seems precoggy, but it's not actually precoggy. It's sort of like the the seeming to react to something before it happens. That no, but that's because she's hearing the FTL Cytonic talk. Yeah. So, little precoggy. Anyway, on that fun note. You can find us on 17shard.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. Uh, you can you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. If you want to support more of this, you can support us on Patreon. There's uh, there's going to be a few outtakes from this episode that uh, have very little to do with uh, Skyward. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> We went places. And a lot about Star Wars. Star Wars. WandaVision. <laughs> I've been told to not, that I can't even watch the WandaVision uh, the conversation. So. Can't watch it. Okay. You spoil yourself. Great. Anyway, for those fun total tangents that don't have anything to do with anything, you can go support us on Patreon, I guess. Cool. Well, you we can will. go in our Copper Mind art polls that yes. we have started doing. Yes. Yes, and there will be a second one for, well, whenever this comes out. Sometime. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Call. I do a lot of crocheting and uh, I really want to show it off. So I made this little oh, no. pink Wait, llama. Hold up. Sorry, sorry, Jess. You're frozen. Yeah? Oh no. Oh no. Oh, oh, no. Now, now it's back. <laughs> were, I, only, it was only for Eric. It, but that's yeah, the only that, one that matters. <laughs> yeah. It was like with your mouth like directly open. It was just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's really amazing. Funny. I'm sure I, I'm sure we can emote that somehow. Yeah. Oh, um, it, it was great. It's 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 all recorded. It's all working now. Oh no, so. I'm green. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>